section nine of a color notation by albert henry mansell this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by avai in may two thousand seventeen chapter five a pigment color sphere how to make a color sphere with pigments the preceding chapters have built up an ideal color solid in which every sensation of color finds its place and is clearly named by its degree of hue value and chroma it has been shown that the neutral center of the system is a balancing point for all colors that a line through this center finds opposite colors which balance and complement each other and we are now ready to make a practical application carrying out these ideal relations of color as far as pigments will permit in a color sphere the materials are quite simple first a colorless globe mounted so as to spin freely on its axis then a measured scale of value specially devised for this purpose obtained by the daylight photometer next a set of carefully chosen pigments whose reasonable permanence has been tested by long use and which are prepared so that they will not glisten when spread on the surface of the globe but give a uniformly matte surface a glass palette palette knife and some fine brushes complete the list here is a list of the paints arranged in pairs to represent the five set of opposite hues described in chapter three paragraph sixty one through sixty three color pairs red and blue-green pigments used venetian red viridian and cobalt chemical nature calcined native earth chromium sesquioxide yellow and purple-blue pigments used raw sienna ultramarine chemical nature native earth artificial product green and red purple pigments used emerald green purple madder chemical nature arsenate of copper extract of the madder plant blue and yellow red pigments used cobalt orange cadmium chemical nature oxide of cobalt with alumina sulphide of cadmium purple and green yellow pigments used madder and cobalt emerald green and sienna chemical nature see each pigment above and see each pigment above these paints have various degrees of hue value and chroma but can be tempered by additions of the neutrals zinc white and ivory black until each is brought to a middle value and tested on the value scale after each pair has been thus balanced they are painted in their appropriate spaces on the globe forming an equator of balanced hues the method of proving this balance has already been suggested in chapter four paragraph ninety three it consists of an ingenious implement devised by clark maxwell which gives us a result of mixing colors without the chemical risks of letting them come in contact and also measures accurately the quantity of each which is used figure seventeen this is called a maxwell disc and is nothing more than a circle of firm cardboard 
pierced with a central hole to fit the spindle of a rotary motor and with a radial slit from rim to center so that another disc may be slid over the first to cover any desired fraction of its surface let us paint one of these discs with venetian red and the other with viridian and cobalt the first pair in the list of pigments to be used on the globe having dried these two discs one is combined with the other on the motor shaft so that each color occupies half the circle as soon as the motor starts the two colors are no longer distinguished and rapid rotation melts them so perfectly that the eye sees a new color due to their mixture on the retina this new color is a reddish gray showing that the red is more chromatic than the blue-green but by stopping the motor and sliding the green disc to cover more of the red one there comes a point where rotation melts them into a perfectly neutral gray no hint of either hue remains and the pair is said to balance since this balance has been obtained by unequal areas of the two pigments it must compensate for a lack of equal chroma in the hues and to measure this inequality a slightly larger disc with decimal divisions on its rim is placed back of the two painted ones if this scale shows the red as occupying three one-third parts of the area while blue-green occupies six two-thirds parts then the blue-green must be only half as chromatic as the red since it takes twice as much to produce the balance the red is then grayed diminished in chroma by additions of a middle gray until it can occupy half the circle with blue-green on the remaining half and still produce neutrality when mixed by rotation each disc now reads five on the decimal scale lest the graying of red should have disturbed its value it is again tested on the photometric scale and reads four point seven showing it has been slightly darkened by the graying process a little white is therefore added until its value is restored to five the two opposites are now completely balanced for they are equal in value five equal in chroma five and have proved their equality as complements by uniting in equal areas to form a neutral mixture it only remains to apply them in their proper position on the sphere a band is traced around the equator divided in ten equal spaces and lettered r y r y g y g b g b p b p and r p see figure eighteen this balanced red and blue green are applied with the brush to spaces marked r and b g care being taken to fill but not to overstep the bounds and the color laid absolutely flat that no unevenness of value or chroma may disturb the balance the next pair represented by raw sienna and ultramarine is similarly brought to middle value balanced by equal areas on the maxwell discs and when correct in each quality is painted in the spaces y and p b emerald green and purple madder which form the next pigment pair are similarly tempered proved and applied followed by the two remaining pairs until the equator of the globe presents its ten equal steps of middle hues 
an equator of ten balanced hues. Now comes the total test of this circuit of balanced hues by rotation of the sphere. As it gains speed, the colors flash less and less, and finally melt into a middle gray of perfect neutrality. Had it failed to produce this gray and shown a tinge of any hue still persisting, we should say that the persistent hue was in excess, or, conversely, that its opposite hue was deficient in chroma and failed to preserve its share in the balance. For instance, had rotation discovered the persistence of reddish-gray, it would have proved the red too strong, or its opposite, blue-green, too weak, and we should have been forced to retrace our steps, applying a correction until neutrality was established by the rotation test. This is the practical demonstration of the assertion, chapter 1, paragraph 8, that a color has three dimensions which can be measured. Each of these ten middle hues has proved its right to a definite place on the color globe by its measurements of value and chroma. Being of equal chroma, all are equidistant from the neutral center, and, being equal in value, all are equally removed from the poles. If the warm hues, red and yellow, or the cool hues, blue and green, were in excess, the rotation test of the sphere would fail to produce grayness, and so detect its lack of balance. A chromatic tuning fork The five principal steps in this color equator are made in permanent enamel and carefully safeguarded, so that, if the pigments painted on the globe should change or become soiled, it could be at once detected and set right. These five are middle red, so-called because midway between white and black, as well as midway between our strongest red and the neutral center, middle yellow, middle green, middle blue, and middle purple. They may be called the chromatic tuning fork, for they serve to establish the pitch of colors, as the musical tuning fork preserves the pitch of sounds. Completion of a pigment color sphere when the chromatic tuning fork has thus been obtained, the completion of the globe is only a matter of patience, for the same method can be applied at any level in the scale of value, and a new circuit of balanced hues made to conform with its position between the poles of white and black. The surface above and below the equatorial band is set off by parallels to match the photometric scale, making nine bands or value zones in all of which the equator is fifth, the black pole being zero, and the white pole ten. Ten meridians carry the equatorial hues across all these value zones, and trace the gradation of each hue through a complete scale from black to white, marked by their values as shown in paragraph 68. Thus the red scale is R1, R2, R3, R4, R5, middle red, R6, R7, R8, and R9, and similarly with each of the other hues. When the circle of hues corresponding to each level has been applied and tested, the entire surface of the globe is spread with a logical system of color scales, and the eye gratified with regular sequences which move by measured steps in each direction. 
each meridian traces a scale of value for the hue in which it lies each parallel traces a scale of hue for the value at whose level it is drawn any oblique path across these scales traces a regular sequence each step combining change of hue with a change of value and chroma the more this path approaches the vertical the less are its changes of hue and the more its changes of value and chroma while the nearer it comes to the horizontal the less are its changes of value and chroma while the greater become its changes of hue of these oblique paths the first may be called that of a luminist or painter like rembrandt whose canvases present great contrasts of light and shade while the second is that of the colorist such as titian whose work shows great fullness of hues without the violent extremes of white and black total balance of the sphere tested by rotation on any desired axis not only does the mount of the color sphere permit its rotation on the vertical axis white black but it is so hung that it may be spun on the ends of any desired axis as for instance that joining our first color pair red and blue green with this pair as poles of rotation a new equator is traced through all the values of purple on one side and of green yellow on the other which the rotation test melts in a perfect balance of middle gray proving the correctness of these values in the same way it may be hung and tested on successive axes until the total balance of the entire spherical series is proved but this color system does not cease with the colors spread on the surface of a globe the first illustration of an orange filled with color was chosen for the purpose of stimulating the imagination to follow a surface color inward to the neutral axis by regular decrease of chroma a slice at any level of the solid as at value eight figure ten shows each hue of that level passing by even steps of increasing grayness to the neutral gray n eight of the axis in the case of red at this level it is easily described by the notation r eight over three r eight over two r eight over one of which the initial and upper numerals do not change but the lower numeral traces loss of chroma by three two and one to the neutral axis and there are stronger chromas of red outside the surface which can be written r eight over four r eight over five r eight over six etc indeed our color measurements discover such differences of chroma in the various pigments used that the color tree referred to in paragraphs thirty four thirty five is necessary to bring before the eye their maximum chromas most of which are well outside the spherical shell and at various levels of value one way to describe the color sphere is to suggest that a color tree the intervals between whose irregular branches are filled with appropriate color can be placed in a turning lathe and turned down until the color maxima are removed thus producing a color solid no larger than the chroma of its weakest pigment charts of the color solid thus it becomes evident that 
while the color sphere is a valuable help to the child in conceiving color relations in uniting the three scales of color measure and in furnishing with its mount an excellent test of the theory of color balance yet it is always restricted to the chroma of its weakest color the surplus chromas of all other colors being thought of as enormous mountains built out at various levels to reach the maxima of our pigments the complete color solid is therefore of irregular shape with mountains and valleys corresponding to the inequalities of pigments to display these inequalities to the eye we must prepare cross-sections or charts of the solid some horizontal some vertical and others oblique such a set of charts forms an atlas of the color solid enabling one to see any color in its relation to all other colors and name it by its degree of hue value and chroma figure twenty is a horizontal chart of all colors which present middle value five and describes by an uneven contour the chroma of every hue at this level the dotted fifth circle is the equator of the color sphere whose principal hues r five over five y five over five g five over five b five over five and p five over five form the chromatic tuning fork paragraph one seventeen in this single chart the eye readily distinguishes some three hundred different colors each of which may be written by its hue value and chroma and even the slightest variation of one of them can be defined thus if the principal red were to fade slightly so that it was a trifle lighter and a trifle weaker than the animal it would be written r five point one over four point nine showing it had lightened by one per cent and weakened by one per cent the discrimination made possible by this decimal notation is much finer than our present visual limit its use will stimulate finer perceptions of color such a very elementary sketch of the color solid and color atlas which is all that can be given in the confines of this small book will be elsewhere presented on a larger and more complete scale it should be contrasted with the ideal form composed of prismatic colors suggested in the last chapter paragraphs ninety eight ninety nine which was shown to be impracticable but whose ideal conditions it follows as far as the limitations of pigments permit besides its value in education as setting all our color notions in order and supplying a simple method for their clear expression it promises to do away with much of the misunderstanding that accompanies the everyday use of color popular color names are incongruous irrational and often ludicrous one must smile in reading the list of twenty-five steps in a scale of blue made by schiffer muller in seventeen seventy two a a white pure b white silvery or pearly c white milky b a bluish white b pearly white c watery white c blue being born d blue dying or pale e mignon blue f 
celestial blue or sky color g a azure or ultramarine b complete or perfect blue c fine or queen blue h covered blue or turquoise i king blue deep j light brown blue or indigo k a persian blue or woad flower b forge or steel blue c livid blue l a blackish blue b hellish blue c black blue m a blue black or charcoal b velvet black c jet black the advantage of spacing these twenty-five colors in thirteen groups some with three and others with but one example is not apparent nor why ultramarine should be several steps above turquoise for the reverse is generally true besides which the hue of turquoise is greenish while that of ultramarine is purplish but the list cannot show this and the remarkable statement that one kind of blue is hellish while another is celestial should rest upon an experience that few can claim failing to define color value and color hue the list gives no hint of color strength except at c and d where one kind of blue is dying when the next is being born which not inaptly describes the color memory of many a person finally it assures us that queen blue is fine and king blue is deep this year the fashionable shades are burnt onion and fresh spinach the florists talk of a pink violet and a green pink a maker of inks describes the red as a true crimson scarlet which is a contradiction in terms these and a host of other names borrowed from the most heterogeneous sources become outlawed as soon as the simple color terms and measures of this system are adopted color anarchy is replaced by systematic color description end of section nine